It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Carlos Correa signed for 12 years, $315 million. Ooh, but what does that mean for the Atlanta Braves? So a front office announcement came from down at State Farm Arena, but should we read more into the tea leaves? And last but not least, and for the culture, RIP to an NFL legend. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online. And also, guys, if you're tired of watching us through on your phone or listening to us through through your phone and you want to see us on the big screen, go ahead and download that Roku and Amazon Fire uh, app is locked on Sports Atlanta. We'll pop right up. You can see us on the big screen. We're doing big things right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. But T, speaking of big things, goodness gracious. So we all know that Carlos Correa essentially agreed to terms for 13 years and $350 million for the San Francisco with the San Francisco Giants. But they came across a, a medical issue that they couldn't agree upon, they didn't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, Steve Cohen, New York Mets, he comes with the bag and gives him 12 years for uh, 315. The NL East is pretty packed with good shortstops. Although Carlos Correa will be playing third base for the Mets, but with Francisco Lindor at a shortstop position. But T, goodness gracious, what is going on in this division and is – Alex Anthopoulos starting to fall behind just a little bit. Yeah, and I'll be honest, when Dansby left, I felt like he was a little bit behind right then, right? right. But mm-hmm. I gave him the trade deadline to say, okay, we'll see how this goes come 2023, and we know him. He'll make big moves if he has to. But went to sleep. Carlos Correa was on the West Coast. Woke up. Carlos Correa was on the East Coast. Coast and I was right. like, my goodness. So. Yeah. Like you said, you've got Lindor at shortstop, but how awesome is it? Carlos Correa is your backup short? I mean, like, for, because that's essentially what you're thinking. You know, right. of course, you'll, you'll start him at third, but the point being, there goes another domino right in the NL East, right in the Braves' backyards in the NL East, right? Because right. here we got Trey Turner. So it's like you have two of the big fours. And, of course, we know Dansby cleared his his physical, so he's officially, officially with the Cubs. He's good. But for me, yeah, for me, it just feels like, okay, I'm not comfortable. I know what people are saying. Yeah, the Braves are still the better squad. Let's line it up. Have we lined up these rosters in the last 24 hours? Now, I don't know if after it's all said and done money-wise, whether it's going to make the most sense for the Mets. We shall see if they're raising a pennant next year, right? Yeah. But ultimately speaking, Jarvis, this one kind of shook me a bit because I was like, okay, the Mets and the Phillies did not come to play. And yes, we do absolutely all trust Alex Anthopoulos, not saying that we should not trust him. But this one 
kind of took me, you know, kind of threw me for a bit of a loop to say, okay, how evenly paired, taking a few Nationals fans, but how evenly paired are these three teams at the top of the NL East? And if you had to peg them one, two, and three today, could you really put the Braves on top? That's a really good question. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not going to sit up and act like I didn't think like you was thinking as far as just from a just from on paper standpoint, like, man, yes. the, the Braves are going to be in a lot of trouble this year. And then mm-hmm. you go back to them facing the Philadelphia Phillies in the, in the, in the playoffs when they, quote, unquote, ran into a buzzsaw. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and they got run up out of the playoffs and, mm-hmm. and, and, and killed all their chances of going back to back in the World Series. So. I, I that's the my first my initial thoughts right but mm-hmm. I know I kind of like we and we had this kind of sentiment going through the going through the season right when they were up ten and a half games in the yeah. spring and and the Braves end up coming back and the Mets met it eventually you know what I'm saying and I think that that's that I kind of I will fall on that sword right I don't mind down on that sword saying you know yeah initially yeah it kind of stings a little bit seeing Carlos Correa coming in getting that money and coming into the division and being another headache for the Atlanta Braves. But I think that it's still, you still have to go out there and win games, right? You still yeah. have to go out there and perform. And I think that's one. Of the, that's going to be one of the things that I feel like the Braves will do. They'll be consistent in that. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, it's a gaping hole with, with Dansby going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Alex Antopoulos is going to figure out a way to, to fill that gap. And, and just from an off-the-field standpoint, it's going to have mm-hmm. to be a combination of people to try to get that thing going now. Yeah, and then one more thing before we move on to another interesting topic or, or, or theme of events. I do hope that you're right. I hope this is not, and not telling our deep dive, but I hope mm-hmm. this is not another Travis Link situation where mm-hmm. the Hawks rested on their laurels because they got to the Eastern Conference Finals and yep. everybody else loaded up. And yes, on paper, the Hawks looked like they were going to be okay. Well, we know right. what happened. That's what's called a play-in round. So again, I'm hoping, I don't think it's going to be that that much of a fall off, by the way, comparing the Hawks fall off to the Braves. No, I don't think that. But I do think we have to be careful not to think that this has a feel of that situation where it's like, okay, Braves, yes, you are good, if not great. But did everybody else up their game so much so that even your best will be just a wild card? Ooh. Wow, and that and that's gonna be the question that you're gonna have to be is gonna have to be answered going forward. But, but I think that the most key key thing going into to playoff series, right, is is pitching. And I think that the Braves are in pretty good shape in that department, regardless of what that how that lineup matches up with the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies. But I think that we're talking about you know Dansby Swanson, and I think he said his farewells or his goodbyes via. Social media, that's kind of like the wear the world down. And he had a, and I thought it was pretty, pretty solid. He kind of reminiscing about, you know, it being here for the six years and being traded here and kind of settling in and going through the rebuild process and eventually winning a World Series. And I think that after I read it to you, I kind of got the, the feel that his kind of everything was complete for him. You know, he, he was like, like I said, you went through the rebuild, got the ring. And now you about to go get paid, but I, yeah. I started thinking about how the long term effects of this, right? And back to back years, you had Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson leaving free agency. Like, I want you to put your uh, projector uh, 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 ball cap on, uh, so to speak, or uh, 
uh, fedora, however you want to do it, you know, however you feel. My right kango. <laughs> your kango. Put your kango on, your predictor kango on right now. And, you know, like, who do you think that will be looking back and saying, like, you know what? That was the biggest loss for, for this team. I believe it'll be, potentially, it'll be Dansby. Because mm -hmm. Matt Olson, it took him a while to right. kind of catch up and, and get going. But once he got going, honestly, from a production perspective, you didn't forget about Freddie Freeman from a leadership perspective. But produ productivity, you were fine. Mm -hmm. You were right. just fine. Dansby Swanson, I'm a little bit more concerned about because if it ends up being a platoon situation with Von Grissom and Orlando Arcia, how long is it going to take for them to catch up to his productivity? And more importantly, and that would, of course, be at the plate, but more importantly, his defense, because you could argue the case that defensively he is better than Correa, Turner and Bogarts. So right. that's what I'm looking to see. Now, we know Ron Washington's been working with Vaughn, so I don't doubt that he's going to make a huge leap. But I do think at least today, Jarvis, just as it stands today, Dansby is going to be the bigger loss. Yeah. And I think when, when you think about like more productive years, like yes, I think head, Dansby, yes. you know, is only 28 years old, obviously mm -hmm. with Freddie Freeman being in his 30s right now. So I think that from from that standpoint and then like the like Dansby really established himself as a leader. Yeah, uh, in that yeah. clubhouse this year as well. So I think those are some of the things. And then having the immediate replacement mm -hmm. right there waiting in the wings for Freddie kind of pushes this this argument right. Like that's I feel like we came kind of came to the conclusion because I know for me, if that we had that immediate replacement, like, oh man, Freddie gone. Right. Oh man, got Matt Olson. Oh right. man, you locked him up for the next uh, eleven thousand years. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So all all those things and, and being in place. Yeah. For Freddie, it seemed like the preparation was a little bit more. And I think mm -hmm. that long term, more than likely that I, I feel that the Braves are going to feel this Dansby Swanson just a little bit more so than the loss of Freddie Freeman. Because he's just – because Freddie, you know, he was a guy that just – everybody just loved having around. And yeah. not saying that Dansby wasn't, but I think just that, that long-term effect, it, it probably fall in, in Swanson's order. Speaking of a uh, long-term effect, you know, Travis Schlank uh, – He's he's uh got some things to deal with and 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 there's some news that came out about that and we'll talk about all that. But first, we got to talk about betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way for to 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 uh, to check in on all of your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. If you're trying to figure out what you want to do with the Falcons. You know they're playing Saturday, not Sunday. So if you're trying to get the information, trying to figure out what's going on, head to Bet Online because it continues to be the top online source for all your sports wager information for live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. You guys come to us for each and every day for all your ATL sports information, for all your wagering, sports wagering information. Go to Bet Online because they got everything they need. They have podcasts as well. All that stuff so you can get some money. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. Yes, it is where the game starts and where things have kind of stopped, at least in its iteration from just 24 hours ago, is what the front office looks like as it relates to Travis Link and the Hawks. So he has stopped in his role 
of president of basketball operations. He yes. is stepping down from that position and he's going to transition into more of an advisory position to principal owner Tony Ressler. Meanwhile, effective immediately, GM Landry Fields will actually oversee the day-to-day -day operations for the Hawks. Now, Jarvis, this kind of sent a little bit of shockwaves locally, if you will. And I think it's one of those things where we're like, huh, what? We, we didn't kind of see it coming. And don't get us wrong. Travis Link is still remaining with the organization. And in fact, he actually made a statement earlier today. And I'll quote that. Tony and I have had mutual, multiple, honest conversations about some of the personal things I've been going through. I appreciate the counsel he has provided me as well as the opportunity he gave me to be first time GM six seasons ago. The timing feels right for me to take a step back and prioritize my family. That was Travis's statement. But my question is, when we look at this in its totality, is there more to this than what Schlink said? It has to be, right? Because just think about what, what, what had happened with this organization within the past few years. You, you fire a coach midseason, yep. that coach that steps into that role then mm -hmm. takes that team to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then you have a little beef of strife going between the, the superstar Trey Young and all that stuff and, and, and Nate McMillan going back and forth and reaching out to him, you know, before the season and going out to and spending some time with him and working with him out there in Oklahoma City. So all of those things kind of lead up to and also, yeah, you have an owner who wants to win the championship and yeah. has talked about anytime you put a microphone in his face about winning one and being willing to spend money if it makes sense. <laughs> you know, with that caveat, if it makes sense, if it's going to lead us to a championship, yeah, I'm willing to spend it to the luxury tax. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, people looked at the certain moves that Schlank had made by obviously trading away Kevin Herter. Was that a move to say, hey, we're staying away from the uh, the, the, the luxury <laughs> tax because we aren't championship contenders? So it's right. just a lot of little things that I feel like that led up to this decision, because at the end of the day, if you want if you want to step away you know, uh, a lot of times there are some things that come with that. And I started to think about the situation with Rich McKay right before mm -hmm. he uh, was elevated or yes. moved into a, a stepped into a different role mm -hmm. or stepped down into a different role, how you want to word it. But the fact is that Rich McKay was well-respected. Yes. I think you have to respect Travis Schlank and what he brought Absolutely. to the table, right? He brought yeah. in from the drafting, having an eye for talent with John Collins and Kevin mm -hmm. Herter and now A.J. Griffin and obviously Trey Young. Mm -hmm. uh, all of those things, kind of you have to kind of give them credit for at least getting them to the point where they were able to make that run to the Eastern Conference Finals with Nate right. Miller stepping into that role. So I think, it, yeah, on the surface, he's stepping down and obviously some personal reasons. I get mm -hmm. that part, but I think it has a lot has to do with moving into the next phase of this championship chase i guess yeah. I, I guess i can I put it like that i would agree and also travis link you have to give him a lot of credit for giving and you of course being an atlanta native may say otherwise but giving the hawks arguably the two biggest free agency trips that they've ever gotten because this has always been a place where free agents were like hell to no i ain't coming in but you got clint capella here and you got Dejounte murray and I do think that they wanted to come here, you know, exactly. Yeah, and that yeah. was something to where, you know, they it wasn't a forced trade or some like three way trade where you just lucked up on uh, CC or DJ that those were choices that they made. So mm -hmm. got to give Travis Link some credit. And I know Trey Young being here is part of it, but I mean, he drafted him for all intents and purposes. So mm -hmm. Travis Link gets the credit. 
for making this a place, a destination, right? I don't think, and here's the good news. I like the analogy and the comparison to Rich McKay because when Rich McKay shifted into a different role, it was not a negative situation. Rich McKay remains with the Falcons. He also remains a foremost authority, very well respected in the league. He sits on their major committees, rules committee, okay? So he still has a lot of respect within the Falcons organization, within the NFL overall. I think it's going to be similar for Travis Link, right? Now that doesn't mean the tea leaves don't say at the end of the season, he might not part ways and become a GM for another team. But what I am saying is I don't feel like if he becomes a GM for the team, another team is going to be like the 30th team in the league, right? right? I still think he'll have a good enough rep- reputation such that if he ends up parting ways, he'll bounce back somewhere else. But again, it wasn't one of those statements where we, we found out they mutually decided to part ways. That wasn't what was stated. He's still within the organization. So there's still a lot of respect and appreciation for what he brings to the table. I'm just kind of interested to see. I feel like, however, while I don't think it's a big deal, I don't think it's salacious or it's going to be scandalous. I think there is going to be a layer there that maybe we kind of don't know about yet. And I think that that layer could be a Nate McMillan. Now, Nate was asked this question. And funny thing is, I thought about it. I asked Nate a similar question a couple of years ago when he was brought on board officially as the head coach, just in terms of him being old school player, old school coach, dealing with a lot of new schoolers. But the question was also posed to him yesterday. And he had a very interesting response. I'm coaching in a different generation of players that I play with. And it's different uh, the way you communicate, uh, the way the game is played, uh, and how they see the game. You know, they, they, they see the game different than uh, when I played it and when I started coaching it. Yeah, and I think that's a very, I mean, it's consistent with the mindset that we thought Nate had. However, it does speak to kind of the continuing challenges that maybe he has meshing with and aligning with his superstar. So that's where I was going in terms of the tea leaves, right? Because when you think about where the trickle down effect might be, i.e. Tony Wrestler looking across his entire organization in his front office, on the court, on the sidelines, is this something where maybe Nate's on a little bit more of a hot seat that's going to get hotter and hotter if once he gets all five of his starters back and he's got his true sixth man in Bogdan Bogdanovich, things don't get better. Like, is this also a little bit of tea leaf reading that we have to do? But what happens with Coach Nate? Uh, yes, uh, it's short answer. But I, I think from a long answer, for a long answer, uh, I, I think that you have to like really lead, read between it, right? Because that's the that's the thing that you know, as far as with the with the NBA and how things are constructed, right? We know that normally the, the coaches are the first to go, yeah. And we, but we've seen. No, the coach go. That coach was was Lloyd Pierce, right? So yeah. if you look at you know, Nate McMillan having a little grace, like, hey, I took this team from poop to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, I should be able to get some grace there, right? Now, but how about the guy that, you know, that's making decisions from a personnel? He steps down. 
Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's one change. The guy that was brought in back in June as the general manager, mm-hmm. he kind of stepped down from that role, right, handling all of, the, all of those decision-making skills, having all that, right, and, and getting Landry Fields' feet wet from mm-hmm. the general manager standpoint, having yeah. that opportunity. Now, Travis Slank steps down, and we got new new blood in there, right? Mm-hmm. New, eye, new, eye, new set of eyes on things. And I think that Tony Wrestler, he doesn't mind being the bad guy. Right. He strikes me as a guy with a lot of money and saying, you know what? I don't mind telling people, hey, it's time for you to go. We appreciate yeah. your service and you're going about your business. And I think that Nate needs to be very careful about being this interest, like looking within, because when you look within, that means you're looking back on things and and saying like, uh, uh, is something about to go down now? Because that's the kind of way he sounded. He's just talking about the different generations and yeah. being being that guy that's, you know, things are just different. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, it just makes it seem like he's struggling to make that adjustment, right? Yeah. Just from the way, from the sound of it, right? Mm-hmm. I know he's he's done the, the right things to try to, you know, make a relationship better with Trey, because I think that at the end of the day, this is what it all boils down to. Oh, God. That's the relationship yeah. that matters. So, yeah, I think Nate needs to go ahead and get this ship righted so we won't have to continue to have these conversations. But I think that if it comes down to the end of the season and you're talking about playing tournament and and getting bounced out of the first round of the playoffs, Mm -hmm. I I see Tony Ressler standing on top of the mountain saying, yep, this was my decision. And we are reworking some things about this structure of the organization. I want Landry Fields to be able to pick the next guy. Yeah. I would say the same. And I do think that it is a struggle because right. Nate is who he is, just like the rest of us are who we are. And then mm-hmm. we all get faced with something that makes us either have to make a slight shift, a five degree shift, or maybe we got to do a whole 180. And right. I would suspect this, in this case, this is a 180 for Nate. So yeah. I believe he's doing a solid job. He's doing the best that he can. It seems like he's fine with every other player on that squad. It just seems like the one that, like you said, matters the most, there's a little bit of a challenge there and I do hope that they're able to come to a middle ground but honestly I don't think that's Nate who has to get that together I think that's Trey because I think Nate has done as much olive branching as he possibly could if Trey just moves the needle five just five degrees I think that'll make a world of difference and if it makes a world of difference for him then it'll make a world of difference for the other players for Nate and then it's just a trickle down effect but again winning cures everything so in a month hopefully when there are all the five starters back and bogey's completely healthy maybe then we can have this conversation and it would be viable because you are still dealing with kind of moving parts and differences in the rotation but we've heard from tony wrestler in terms of what he appreciates about travis link obviously keeping him on board so we know that there's an appreciation and a respect there we heard what tony said about Uh, excuse me, what Travis said about Tony. So now it's interesting to kind of hear what the players' thoughts are because this does on some level affect them, especially like to your point, if Travis Link drafted you or if Travis Link traded for you. And in the case of John Collins, Travis Link drafted him. So John Collins also had thoughts. And and I think the main thoughts, for me, that that I feel that with with Collins and that kind of stood out, not necessarily what he said to mm-hmm. you, but it was just the tone, sure. right? The tone of it, and he was talking about as if, you know, Travis Lang had died, like you know, <laughs> yeah. it was, like it was just kind of like, so what are your thoughts on, 
on Travis Slank. And, and yeah, you know, it was great. I remember it when he was over there sitting there, over there right there in the old building and, and he was just having those conversations with him. And I was just like, man, the dude is still alive. He's still around. He's still breathing. Why are we talking about him like this? He's just stepping down. He's still in the building, right? right. So it kind of goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier is the fact that this is the end for Travis Slank. I, 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 I wholeheartedly believe that this is the end for Travis Slank. And I think that, you know, that's why, you know, even though organizationally it might not be that big of a deal or on the surface, mm-hmm. but this means that Travis Slank is going to eventually not be with the Atlanta Hawks. Because yeah. when you have guys like that talking like that mm-hmm. publicly, yeah. <laughs> imagine what the conversations are like within the locker room and, and yes. amongst themselves. So, though and they don't i'll tell you and i'll tell you this they don't match up i'm probably saying it's a little bit deeper than what's what they're saying on the surface yeah and john collins is arguably the hawk who tells it straight no chaser more than anybody else no doubt so, yes. yeah if you can pay attention to his tone and timber and pick up a little something it may be something else and granted it could be something that's far more on the personal side than ever because when you read the quote from Travis Link, it really does sound like that. So I would not be shocked if something comes out to confirm that. But I also know that there probably is a professional piece to it as well that isn't quite working well. You know, that's a big story here in Atlanta. And also there was another piece there, just a sidebar. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski did say, in addition to this story, a source confirmed for him that there are still trade talks for John Collins, which could be the challenge here as well. (laughs) Exactly. Because you've been trying, Travis Schlink at the helm has been trying to trade him for two and a half years now. So you got to wonder if that could be a part of this as well. Like, okay, we need to get him moved. So if Travis can't do it, bless your heart, let me see if we put Landry Fields in a different position and let's see if maybe he can get it done. But if you want to hear about this story or any of the other big stories like the reaction of the world, the switch heard around the world, Carlos Correa, or you want to get recaps of big games like the Knicks, unfortunately, smoking the doves, then you need to check out Locked On Sports today because that's where all of that talk comes from. And like you guys love to... Let us know about For the Culture. You, you'd like to check it out. Go ahead and check out Take of the Day. That's a part of the Locked On Sports Today show as well. And you can get it where you get us, Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you download your podcast. So don't forget, after ATL Day 1s, you have got to make a stop at Locked On Sports Today. And Locked On Sports Atlanta family, if you want to get in contact with the program, yes, this program, ATL Day 1s. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. Shout out to our guy Robert Blackman for uh, hitting us hey, up. Robert. Saying, what's up? What's going on? Yes, you can do the same thing. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Now, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. And I, you know, kind of hinted at this, and I was kind of going through some things this morning, and kind of reading through some things, and, and then I came across something that kind of that kind of touched me. T. Um, R.I.P. to Pro Football Hall of Famer Franco Harris, part of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the immaculate catch, where it was 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 the beginning of that Steeler dynasty that that we've uh, deemed like they they seem like they're the face of that, and I think that. 
you know, RIP to a legend. I know you being a big time Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I know it kind of touched you in a different way as well. Yes, and hold that thought because I feel like I should be a better Steelers fan than I am, right? Right. <laughs> and so what Steelers fan can give tribute if they don't have your terrible towel with them? Wow. This is how it she all starts for yeah. us. Yes, yeah. because this started in the 70s with Franco Harrison, that entire era. And he he's just really an amazing human being. You know, I was talking to our uh, graphics director, imaging director over at 929. And Steve has uh, lived in Pittsburgh for years and years and years. And he used to do a toy drive for uh, a foundation that Franco Harris was a part of every single year. And he said, what a gracious man he was. And I told him, I've met him, went up to the Hall of Fame for Jerry Rice's induction and Dick LeBeau was being inducted at that time. So everybody from Steelers Nation was there, the entire Steelers team, all of the staff members, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of your Hall of Famers, Mel Blunt and Franco Harris and this one and that one. And just meeting him, first of all, I had to get my whole self together. But then, you know, I waved at him and kind of said, how are you? Shook his hand. And he's just he was just a very gracious person. So just to think of not just the player who was part of revolutionizing the position of running back and also starting a real dynasty, a one of the one. first, you know, yeah, that, that was a real dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, what he did as a humanitarian, certainly uh, for the Steelers Nation, we definitely send condolences because, man, when you think about the fact that it's been 50 years since the Immaculate Reception and we were just days away from celebrating that and having his number Number retired during the Raiders game and just all of those things that were right there at the cusp and everybody in Pittsburgh is just shocked because he was pretty much kind of going around and kind of talking to people in anticipation of what was happening this weekend. But for his family, I know that uh, they'll celebrate him still, and I'm sure the Steelers will play their hearts out in honor of Franco Harris, one of the best to ever do it. Absolutely. And when you think about, like, he's kind of like reminding me, it's like those NBA guys, right? Because, you know, those guys live forever. Yes, you know? yes. And, I was, and Franco Harris was that for me. I was like, man, Franco Harris going to live to, he's 90 yeah. years old, you know, because he just looked good for his age. Yes. You know, you know, you know, black don't crack, you know, that's just how we get down. So uh, I think that was just one of the things that, that I just really, every time I saw him, I was just like, he didn't age. Like, he just looked yeah. like he was just a guy that was going to be around. So obviously, they're at the age of 72 years old. So we uh, we definitely uh, condolences to the Pittsburgh Steeler Nation and also uh, the, Har- the family of, of Mr. Franco Harris. Guys, that's it for us today. We want to say thank you for le- listening to and watching us, ATL Day 1s right here and making it your first listen. Also, we want to make your second listen, Locked On Sports today. Go ahead and check those guys out. They're going to be talking about Franco Harris as well. I'm sure they're going to have some tributes going on with the take of the day. It's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be Franco Harris related. So you guys make sure you check that out as well. And we'll be back tomorrow. We got a lot of good stuff on board. What's going to happen with this Travis Slank situation? Will John Collins be traded now that Travis Slank is stepped down? We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day 1s. Y'all make sure y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.